This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks very much for joining me. This is a cracker of a conversation with one of probably the preeminent extreme metal frontman of all time. I'm talking about Phil Anselmo of Pantera, Down, Scour, The Illegals, so many other bands that he's been part of. I won't mention them all here. Needless to say, if you're listening, you're a fan. Of course you are, because Phil's just an absolute legend, and you'll hear why throughout this chat. The compelling event for the conversation was the Australian tour in 2019 of Phil Anselmo and the Illegals playing Pantera Classics. So yes, this conversation has been available via the podcast apps since March of 2019, but this is the first time it's been available on YouTube, and God knows the audience on YouTube is about 100 times what it is elsewhere, so no doubt most of you will be listening to this for the first time, and there's plenty of gold in and amongst the topics of conversation here. Notably, of course, we discuss the tour, but we talk about influences, football, Australian heavy metal, the then new-released Lords of Chaos film that was just in cinemas. We have a pretty hilarious exchange about that. But yeah, like I said up front, Phil is an absolute legend. Um, It was a pleasure to finally talk to him, privilege I should say, to finally talk to him. It was one of those pinch myself moments. He's one of the guys that uh, I had in mind when I first started the podcast. If I could ever talk to him, I feel like as though I'm really getting somewhere with this. Well, that moment came and clearly went and Phil was just fantastic throughout this chat and I hope uh, you enjoy listening to it. So here he is, Phil Anselmo. Hello sir, how are you? How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. I apologise for my three minutes tardiness there, but I was actually getting into the uh, Mental Illness as a Virtue album and I was bopping along I'm to it. S- sorry for you. <laughs> good God. Hideous work there. Well, I'll tell you something. I don't know whether you know this, but it's not available on iTunes Australia and I had to go to YouTube and I found it on the Seasons of Mist page. Well, that's a success for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a that's a, actually you know what I applaud that. I bloody applaud that because God knows you don't have you making about half a cent in the in the dollar, wouldn't you? For every every ten thousand streams, I think that's about the way Apple remunerate artists, isn't it? Nah, man, that's above my pay grade. But, uh, <laughs> whatever, fuck. I'm oh. glad you found it though. Well, it's a good, it's a bloody good album, mate. I'm actually on the ear split PR, so Liz and David Brenner's um, uh, mailing list. So I actually had to listen to it um, when it came out a while ago, uh, and uh, I liked it then. And I can't help but feel, mate, that a lot of subterranean metal outfits, extreme metal outfits, are watching your every movement. And I'm not going to say copying what you do, but they're very much inspired by what you do, not just with the illegals, but with Super Joint Down and all of that beautiful stuff that you've been a part of, because so much of the stuff that I get sent by them sounds like it could have been done by you. I've been around a long time, man, and I've been in a lot of different bands, and I've emulated styles. I've been influenced by everything around me my entire career, from classic rock to freaking modernity. And and hey, I'm just hey, I'm just another geeky music fan on for the ride, man. I, that's really where I see myself. I'm just having fun. Hmm, I can see that. I can see that. So, actually, let me ask you this question. You've, collabor- sure. you've collaborated with a heap of artists throughout your career. 
except for one that I'd love to see you collaborate with, and that's a David Vincent, Mr. David Vincent from Morbid Angel, because wow. to me, you are both the incomparable heavy metal icon, certainly as frontmen and vocalists. So I'll be specific here. What I'd love to see you both do is a non-ironic cover of a Frank Sinatra song. What do you think? I would do it. Anything. Yeah, absolutely. I love David. He's a cool dude. Uh, matter of fact, uh, just last year we saw each other. We played a festival together uh, in Mexico, and we had a good long conversation, and I, I'm open to anything. Yeah, cool, man. Well, um, he's a manager, who, and I think it's his uh, partner as well in life, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can't remember her name now, but she's. I actually had a chat to David about two years ago or so, and she was lovely, actually. So I don't know if ever she or uh, David are listening to this, mate, because I, I want to release this as a part of my podcast series, if that's cool with you. Yeah, um, Buster. Um, mate, I hope it can be arranged because that's something that I'd love to hear. I think you've both got a very similar vocal timber. That's, that's the key to good attitudes and the very similar vocal timber. We both have what is originally what I thought was a baritone voice, but it's not. It's a true bass voice. Mm. There, there, it's it's it's. We have uh, the low register, the the very deep voice. So, do mate, yeah, you bless that way. You bless that way, and mate, you are bringing that that beautiful bass voice of yours down here for and I counted them, mate, all told eleven dates across Australia and New Zealand, and three of those dates are sold out. So Brisbane, Melbourne and Adelaide. And of course you're you're doing these shows with your buddies in King Parrot. Uh, you probably already know Palm and, and Potion, but they're coming along for the ride as well. But mate, I take it that the show that you'll be putting on will be focusing will it be focusing primarily on that on this excellent album Choosing Mental Illness as a Virtue from Phil Anselmo and the Illegals? Well you know better than that. I don't know it's been no secret what's really going on and just let me get you up to speed on that Hmm. I I gotta give tremendous credit to the band that I have in the illegals around me man those guys let me tell you we were working very very hard as a band last year to, to just be tight and be good and you know uh even uh, like five years ago, when, when I originally toured with the original inception of the Illegals, we had messed around with some Pantera songs, just as mm. you know, for fun. But I would say everything took a dramatic turn last year when Benny Paul passed away, mm-hmm. and that's when the calls for us doing more Pantera songs. And more Pantera songs became a thing of tribute. And for me, that's a whole lot different than just having fun with songs. If we're talking about playing a set worth of Pantera, a half a set worth of Pantera, that is tribute. And and for the first time in my life, it felt necessary. That's a big word. It felt necessary, and, and it, in truth, you know, it's just me and Rex left, and and, and it's, yeah, it's very, it's tough. It's I can't really approach it right this second because it's tough for me to wrap my mind around still to this very day. But I, I gotta say, going back to the illegals, for me to say, to bring this to them and say, look, it's important that we do this. They completely 
I mean, these are a lot of young guys who came from just extreme metal backgrounds. And then Steve Taylor, who comes from all kinds of crazy mm -hmm. musical backgrounds. He's one of he's my right hand man. Uh, one of my favorite songwriters uh, I've ever worked with, really. Cool. He uh, yeah, all of them understood and recognized the importance of doing this right now uh, for the fans and for tribute. So it's a very unique experience for me to be in with this band. It's very unique, very bizarre how it all came together. Tragic in, in a whole lot of ways, mm -hmm. especially considering the events and all, which was completely unexpected and, and, and miserably sad. I just... Uh, Oh, man, uh, I got to give huge props to them, man, because they have pulled together and they've learned these songs super tight mm -hmm. and it's, it's sounding really good and it brings an entire different energy to that audience, man. It, it's, it's a different animal now. It's different than just playing a set worth of uh, illegal songs. It's way different. Yeah. Well, I think we appreciate that, mate. And I think some of your comments there uh, allude to something else, which is that, look, you've been carving a career in heavy metal now for well over, it's about 35 years plus, if you can believe it. Okay, so almost yeah. as long as I've been alive, since I'm in my 40s, okay. so and I, and I think it's fair to say that you've seen and you've experienced as much as anybody could in that time. So we, it sounds like you, you do this a lot. And I've been, I do listen to your interviews both in podcasts and on, on YouTube. So I've got a sense of how you view things. But, you know, in these moments of, of quiet reflection, which aspect or episode of your career gives you the greatest sense of accomplishment? I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the, I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. And for me, The Illegals is still a new experience for people, but five years down the line, they're going to want to hear certain and specific songs from The Illegals. So I do believe in the power of the songs hmm. as well. So I, I, like I say, the, the biggest thing for me is the fans, man, because once again, I'm a nothing... I, this is the way I view myself. I'm just a fan, too. I'm a music fan that has grown up playing music. So I'm just a fan as well. So uh, I, as they say, it takes one to know one. So, hey, when I'm looking at when I'm looking at the other with a, a crowd full of people that are as old as me all the way to uh, teenagers out in the yeah. audience who absolutely never had a chance to experience those Pantera songs. Holy shit, that is a powerful thing, brother. Mm. It's you're true. What you're saying is spot on because I've noticed it actually about anything you've been associated with. The only other band, and it's it's left of field in terms of the comparison, but I was talking to Blitz from Overkill and I noticed the same thing happens with them when you see 17 and 18-year-old girls walking around in Overkill T-shirts. And of course, you see heaps of that happening with Pantera T-shirts and the Youth Brigade right up to people in their, in their 60s and 70s. I've seen it. So, so here's another question for you. You are a prolific creator. There's a lot to wrap your head around when it comes to Phil Anselmo. So what inspires this this great creativity that you've got? Oh, it's all I know how to do. 
seriously it's really all i know how to do other than that i'm a list maker and a statistician when it comes to boxing horror films oh, yeah, yeah. And, and american football specifically the new orleans football saints and that's really it man i'm a simple dude and music just happens to be the first love of my life and i took the ball and i ran with it hmm yeah, indeed, indeed. Hey, when you have you ever? I, I remember from other interviews that you're a big uh, NFL or football, American football fan. But have you ever gotten to rugby at all? Have you ever watched a game? Oh, I've watched it. It's insane, man. Hey, uh, let me tell you, if I okay, here's my <laughs> thing. It's like if I had a team, if I could really attach myself to a team like I did with the New Orleans Saints, because. Here in New Orleans, it's like we, we didn't really have anything else. You know, we had no other sports franchise that was worth mm. anything. You know, New Orleans is just a big party city. But the Saints, you know, the, the, the team is really one year older than me. And, you know, they've spawned since 1967. I was born in 68, so I grew up in front of the TV set watching them lose every year, <laughs> you know, uh, up until uh, 2006. And, yep. man, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, if I had a rugby team that I could love and whatever, I would get into that game big time, man, because yeah. they're, they're tremendous athletes and, and they're doing it without pads. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe the guys from Portal, because they're Queenslanders like me, mate, maybe they can start sending you over some YouTube links or something like that or some of the teams to get into. I reckon you'd be a, uh, a big fan of the Brisbane Broncos if you ever got really? the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. look, what I'll do is like, no, I'll, I'll send you a link via the um, Skype thing. I'll just send it to you, mate. You know, No obligation to look at it or otherwise, but just some of the big hits and stuff of the Brisbane Broncos. I think you'd, you'd like the sort of – they play rugby league, just to be specific. It's a bit different to rugby union, but it's basically the same sport if you're not not participating in the game or a real big fan but yeah i think you'd get into it mate so i'll, I'll do that you know as i say no obligation but i'll just send it across hey, to check man. Out. no 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 shoot me a link i'm willing to learn anything man i love it and the thing is i am a i am the type of guy that that pays attention to detail so i'd want to get familiar with all the positions who does what 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 are the mechanics what are what are, every single rule down to the uh, to every damn one of them, man. I'd yeah. want to know it, man. I'd have to know it. Mm. Cool, mate. Cool. Hey, mate, have I got time for one more question? Is that cool? You got time for three more questions because you're my last interview oh. and you're cool as fuck. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate this. Well, you're cool as fuck and you know why? You're a vociferous supporter of Australian extreme music and you always have been. And I know this because of my age and I've been reading heavy metal media since it was in print form and, of course, the migration to online. And I remember way back in the mid-90s, you were talking about how much you liked sadistic execution. I knew it, sadistic acts. Right there. And I remember you. they sent across to you, I think if I remember the story right, I'm going back on a memory from 20 plus years ago here, but they sent across a T-shirt and a CD, I think, and you were talking to the, somebody in the media here about how cool it was that you received something from them. So I guess my, my question is a bit broader than that, is, it, is that you, you are noted for your love of Australian heavy metal. I've, I've mentioned Portal, but of course there's your relationship with Victoria's King Parrot. So what is it that draws you to Australian music? Great bands, man. Great bands. And, and I think the mo some of the most creative bands in, in genres, man, you know, uh, uh, talented and, and I, like 
Portal now. I could talk about Portal for three hours and, and talk about how great uh, of detail, of horror, of, of, of every of technical ability. They are tops. Uh, I could talk about Cauldron Black Ram. I could say, I could, oh man, there's so many bands, man. Uh, mm. I could I could go on and on about, but the thing I you know, watching King Parrot work in the studio and some of their little twists and turns that they do in their riffing and stuff like that, it's creative, man. It's so damn creative. And another thing I love is attitude, man. The 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 Australian attitude. I mean, fuck it, man. Sadistic X. We are death. Fuck you. Oh, bring it on. <laughs> I love it. Have you seen Lords of Chaos yet? The film? I have not. I got the book. I, I have. I just. Someone just asked me that. Yeah, it's actually a really good film. Don't believe the haters. There's a lot of the you know the truers cult underground black metal types that are ragging on it. But I think it's a wonderful production. Of course, Jonas Ackerland, He was fucking in Bathory. So this is the guy. I know, jo- I know Jonas. Yeah, well, there you go, man. I mean, he did it, so he knew what he was doing there. And I think the acting of um, Macaulay Culkin's brother, Rory Culkin, was outstanding in it. The, the what he played. There. Oh, so so it's like it's not a doc. It's a fi- it's like a film. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a feature length film. Yeah, it's in. Oh, I got the wrong idea. Wow. Okay. I think you'd like what it. What a man. trip. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it. They did this thing where in Australia it probably was like this in other territories, but. They had one night where they put it across a heap of theatres and they did the theatres up with uns- upside-down pentagrams. So keep in mind these are mum and dad venues with a lot of you know regular folk walking past and shit, and they're seeing blood-stained sheets and black candles and skulls and upside-down pentagrams and stuff that the theatre the staff have dressed like they've decorated the theatre in. <laughs> I've got a smile on my face so wide. I love it. Oh, it's great. You know those moments that we as heavy metal fans only have every once in a while? And you occasionally Amen. see our culture being imposed on the mainstream, and you're like, yes, we're here, and you've got to look at us. What a great way to put it. <laughs> we, we're imposing our knowledge upon them. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Oh, it's cool, man. It's 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 a um, oh, it's a great movie, great, great experience overall, and I just hope that there are more, more people that back those sort of films moving forward, you know. So I guess that, that leads into my next question for you in that how would you feel if, if a very serious – film producer that had serious money backing approached you and said, look, we'd like to do a story on, on yourselves and yourself and Pantera. I would be flattered. Uh, I would be, uh, man, I'd be, uh, maybe a little anal because I, I see one thing that I have is all of the, uh, all of the great stories so it's like, how do you package, hmm. you know, they would, they would have to take a look at the media, obviously, and place together uh, the timelines and all of what, whatever and whatnot. I just, I don't know what they would ask of me. You know, that, that's the, that's the big question. You know, hmm. it's like the way you just put the question is like, if they came to me 
well, like what would I be what would be my role in that as, as far as your question goes like would I be a consultant I suppose yeah because I'm actually doing screenwriting at uni even at my ripe old age of 40 I'm back at uni as a full time uni student or mature age student I should say and I'm, I'm actually studying screenwriting and what I understand about screenwriting is there's an awful lot of poetic license taken by a lot of the script writers meaning that a lot of the time they come to you and it's just, we want to base this story here on your life. So it wouldn't be like a, um, a biopic or a very, or a, or a documentary about your life and about your achievements with Pantera. It'd be one of those things where they want a bit like what Jonas has done with Lords of Chaos, still very true to the story and, and not taking too much poetic license, but they're saying, Phil, come on board as a consultant. We're not going to say we're going to take on board all of your ideas, but we actually think that the Pantera story is worth bringing to the big screen for regular folk to actually have a peek at. I'd be in a I'd the, okay po, uh, put that way then yes I, I would be completely interested uh, and and I'd try and be as, as helpful as possible and hmm. give them give them good direction great direction hopefully yeah no I think you would mate yeah I think that's the next frontier for you um, I'd love to see you get involved in film because I think you've done some some pretty good acting through your videos too the, especially the recent one here for the illegals so oh. You know, I know it's all fun, but still, you know, it might, you never know, mate. You never know in this day and age with your love of horror f- films and stuff. You might actually get Yeah, to- I've got an open mind to, to all of that stuff, man. It would have to be uh, the, the right role. And when you talk film, you know, it's like, I, of course, I could play a role, but also I know good film. Like when I'm watching a film and there's a beautiful shot, I see it. I get it. I know it. I'm a Giallo fan, man. So it's like, uh, you know, I know good film when I see it. So it's it's like I wish I had a body double that I could. Oh, yeah. if If I had two of me, I could live these alternate lives and one guy could be chasing around beautiful shots with a camera and and. Uh, making movies you know and the other part of me could just keep doing still be making music but man i don't know it's like i'm running out of fucking time <laughs> god damn it yeah well mate just keep on doing what you're doing uh, i've been admiring what you've been been up to now since 1991 i've been an active fan Love. of things mate. it goes back that far i went through a boarding school right and i remember we used to play handball in a quadrangle and we used to blast vulgar display of power and cowboys from hell and the housemaster used to turn around and go shut up turn it off but not it stayed on Oh my God! I love you, God. I, and you know what? I love hearing the stories like that. It shit never gets old. It just, God, it, fe- it feels, it feels great to hear. So thank you for sharing that, man. That's that's super cool. No, that's cool, brother. That's cool. Look, good luck with everything. It's been a pleasure to chat to you. Finally, you, you're one of those guys that I definitely had on my bucket list after almost 400 interviews. I'd spoken to Rex, but I hadn't had an opportunity to speak to you until now, man. And mate, you're a tremendous human being. I've loved what you're doing. So just please keep, please keep on doing what you're doing and being such a great voice for fans and for heavy metal. Oh, brother, thank you so much for the love, and I, I take it to heart. And thanks for having me on. Uh, for the interview and man if you want to 
hook up at what city, wherever city you're in, man. You want to come out to a show? Just hit me up, man. Oh, thank you very much, brother. Actually, I think I am. I'm. Well, I'll be doing the review of the show in Brisbane, mate. So I don't want to bug. I never Brisbane. Want to, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have all the portal fellas up my ass <laughs> there. But but hey, man. If you if you, if you please get a chance, man, come on. Come say hi, man, at least. Yeah, I will, I'll definitely try, mate. And look, what I'll do is I'll send across that Brisbane Broncos highlights um, YouTube clip for you to have a look at as well via the Skype thing, mate. So, um, yeah, cool, mate. Really appreciate the time to have a chat. It's uh, been an honour, really. Oh, man, I appreciate the link, brother, and I appreciate the interview. And I'm sending you an e-hug, man. Much love to you, brother. <laughs> Likewise, brother. Thank you so much for the uh, chat. Appreciate it, man. Nothing, nothing to it, man. Be cool, bro. Phil Anselmo, ladies and gentlemen, what a pleasure to talk to him. Wow, they say don't meet your, uh, you know, the, the bands that you're a fans of when you're a kid. Well, I just did, and Phil couldn't have been better. Very different to Rex. Rex is a uh, bit of a prick. Anywho, if you like that one, go across to scarsandguitars.com, and there are plenty more just like it. Heaps of people from the world of hard rock, heavy metal, extreme metal, and beyond. All the legends, as a matter of fact. So many I've had a conversation with and they are posted on the website there and if you like listening maybe you like reading which means you're in luck because i've written a book scars and guitars volume one conversations from the world of hard rock heavy metal and beyond click the link in the banner and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice you do the rest but do hit me up if you complete the purchase because i want to thank you personally and there's some more information to share with you about the book to entice you across to try before you buy but before we get to that my name's andrew mckay smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all... I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Coal Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silenos from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this 
idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, I, I just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>